Hello and welcome to the Deja Review podcast, where a group of film lovers get together to discuss a cult or a classic film that one or more of them has watched for the very first time. I'm Mike Cairns. Over there is Alex Lambchop Heath. Ahoy, hoy. And no, sir, but welcoming back. It's, I mean, who, who, who is this guy? Who's the, who is this different person? Like, it's like, who's this Thad Ripchest that I've got in front of me? It's, it's Kane Daniel. Hello. I'm uh, Papillon, <laughs> famed prison escapee named Henri Charia. Um, and, uh, and we decided to look at the Shawshank Redemption from 1994, which Alex had never seen. So clearly you didn't have Channel 10 growing up. You couldn't yeah, tune into no, Channel 10. I don't 10 know what it was about this. I think that was on nightly. Yeah. Uh, I don't even really remember it being so omnipresent, yet everything that I've um, read about this movie seems like the the consensus around it is based on the fact that it was just on constant repeat on cable in the US and mm-hmm. then obviously on free-to-air here. And, and probably sales. on cable and DVD sales and um, it was, VHS. Yeah, I think market. it was 95. It was the biggest VHS, VHS rental yeah. um and that's how it made its money because yeah. it did very poorly at the box yep. office. And then they re-released it after it got nominated for seven, seven Oscars. Yeah. Didn't win any. Yeah. But, but you know, you got to be in it to win it. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, but I'd, I'd, I feel like, and I'm, this is something that's occurring to me the more of these episodes we do, that I might have lied to a bunch of guys on dates about what movies I've actually seen and then it's just kind of becoming part of my consciousness. This is the film you need to curry favour with men. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, and I've been racking my... Is that, is that, is that, was that the yes. final well, straw with uh, Kane? It was just like yeah. he just knew. Oh, yeah. she's a Shawshank. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, she loves her Shawshank. Yeah, no, but it is... But it's not like, it's not like oh, yeah, of course I've seen that, like, classic European art film. I'm no, very I know. smart. No, or, and it's, and. And nor is it, um, no, I've seen that 80s action film that you have because you're a stunted man-child. Yeah, like, no, it truly it is. <laughs> it, usually it does uh, fall to those um, categories. But yeah. I think this also maybe is in that just like every man, every person apart from me has seen this movie. Every person. Every I, person. I don't think it's super, no. I mean, I guess maybe it, it skews super, a little male. It skew, definitely skews male in that. I mean, a lot of dudes, of yeah, course. They're, they're <laughs> yeah, all, there's only two. heavy two women with lines in this movie, which I'm not like faulting it for because it's set in a men's prison and it's not representation (laughs) matters. Yeah. I mean, you could have done more with the women who you did have in it, but that's like, it's silly to nitpick about that in this case, I think. Um, Kane, any Mm. sort of, uh, any story behind this one or is this just... No, I mean, I, 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 I knew that I was familiar with it. I wasn't prepared for quite how familiar I was with it. Right. Like I knew every beat and I was like anticipating lines and stuff right. like that. Like, so you've yeah. seen it a lot. I like the so, one-liner yeah. type lines? Or yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I mean the, the famous ones. I, I, yeah. it's, it's not cocktail. I didn't know it off by heart. <laughs> but but um, yeah, like, like all, all the big ones. And like kind of like, you know, when, when you've um, – watched a film a lot there's like little uh there's just like little throwaway things that stick in your head mm-hmm. uh examples uh when when um the southern guy with the stutter says like it uh, it's fat ass by a nose i'll introduce you around make you feel right at home i know a couple of big old bull queers that just love to make your acquaintance especially that big white mushy buddy of yours god 
I don't belong here. We have a winner. Who wants to go home? And it's fat ass by a nose. Oh, and uh, but also when that guy breaks down and he says, just the way he says, I don't belong here. Right. I, I, that really stuck out in my head. Is it uh, William? Like um, oh, what's his William name? William H Macy. No, <laughs> um, uh, he is. Uh, he played Death in, and I think yes, he's in the new right. Bill and Ted's. Yeah, he is. Um, he's playing Death again, and he was the bad guy in Die Hard Two. Um, oh, really? I don't. Yeah, know. I don't remember um, shit about that movie. A, a powerful opening scene where he's doing uh, jujitsu practice, buck naked. Uh, he's sort of, um, yeah. So it's a really, it's it's striking. Love naked jujitsu. Yeah. This feels like default movie, if you know mm. what I mean. Yeah. Like it's, it is just, I was watching it and just going like, this is, this hits all the beats for just, this is like, obviously it's, it, it's quite violent in parts. Um, but, um, in general, it's just like, yep, this is, this is just got, this is, this hits everyone at all the right points and da di da di da and yep. it's got some clear bad guys, um, but- yeah, there's it's a, a really non-alienating movie. Is yeah. what it kind of draws you into its bosom, and then like obviously at the start there's some horrendous acts of violence and some horrible shit happening, but mm. then it kind of simmers down and it's yeah. just kind of like a buddy movie almost, and these yeah. vignettes that happen and yeah, it just mean, kind of washes over. What did you, you. think, Kyle? Like, yes. um, yeah, I thought it was kind of impressive in the way that it was and i think maybe the 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 substance of the movie was kind of a metaphor for how the movie operates as a piece of art is that it it's presenting themes through of of larger importance in a way that is very easy for the viewer to digest but without making the viewer feel talked down to and i think probably um the way that the Andy Dufresne character, the Tim Robbins um, performance, uh, operates in the prison is sort of like that. Like he's bringing a higher mindedness to the prisoners um, in terms of like, you know, talking about opera or like um, the importance of education, of bettering yourself Mm. Um, and like the, the, the human spirit as this uncrushable thing, but only if you actively work to not be crushed. Um, I feel like the movie's kind of doing that in that it's, yeah, something about Morgan Freeman's voiceover, which I think is a mistake as voiceover often is, but I also can't really imagine how you would do this movie without it. But he's sort of introducing these themes in a really simple, easy to follow way, but without making the viewer feel stupid. And I think that's probably why it's so well regarded. It is sort of Gumpian in its like magical... Mm aspect and the the fact that the characters aren't really real people as we would understand people they're more allegorical um allegorical yeah i think so you don't think so i think andy dufresne is allegorical i don't think he's a very he's an allegory for what well i think he's an allegory for whatever you want to put in it is he an allegory for like the importance of art as like an enriching thing is he an allegory for like yeah not letting society crush you about being free in your mind and free your mind and the rest will follow I guess um or is he like a Christ-like figure and that he um you know is held up by the prisoners as this you know 
he sort of pays for the sins that he hasn't committed himself and then is freed yeah. by that. I mean, not to quibble, but I mean... I Quibble I, away. I, but I call that more like a metaphor or, you know, like a... All right. He becomes a symbol. There's no one-to-one connection. No, I'm not way. saying it's one-to-one. I'm saying it's multiple. I think... Well, you invoke m- that by calling it an allegory. Can't an allegory have <laughs> multiple interpretations, though? I don't think so. Like- <laughs> All right, fine. Metaphorical, then. You are quibbling. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just think... But overall, I think it's kind of a bad movie. Right. Really? <laughs> like, I don't think it's a good piece of art. I think it's a well-made film that people... Uh, would enjoy, it's and I enjoyed well watching it. Like, and it's no surprise that Roger Deakins was the director of photography on it. Like, yeah, it looks just, great. I feel like the performances yeah. are part. I think probably Tim Robbins is a bit weak, but I think it's because the character is mm. a bit weak in that it's not a believable. And and the bait and switch of him tunneling through the wall the whole time. Did you know? So I knew that I thought I I thought that it was a movie about a prison escape, but I didn't realize that you didn't know that until right at the end. Right. Um so I was kind of waiting for that and I was you confused it was, that it, it was wasn't more of a yeah, great actual e- prison. Yeah. It was yeah, as a you great say escape, it was the great kinda, escape. Yeah. It, was, it was Papillon as yeah. A, yeah, yeah. Well, he did uh, also there's a the, he does the um I think it's Escape from Alcatraz. Um the, the whole, you know, walking out in the yard and shaking out the yeah, yeah. Out the, the, I think the that's in the, the Great Escape as well. Yeah, yeah. I think it's any any move. any movie where um, you get to the end and then it flashes back all the things that the movie chose not to show you feels cheap to me. Like right, him walking out his little rocks and and the sw- switching of the books, the switching and, of the books and all that stuff. It's yeah. just like that feels that feels like a cheap and it, the bait and switch feels but it's satisfying no 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 it was satisfying that's what it i think as a piece of art it is not good but as a piece of culture it is yeah it's, enjoyable. I mean, it's, it's entertainment i think it's yeah. and, and, and nobody's leveling art at this i I've, I've felt it does the the moment when the guard shoots the the young fellow i felt it stepped into a different realm or like it, it, it just, it, it pushed it my... It becomes more wish fulfillment. Yeah. Like they could have just transferred the guy or, well, you know the, what I mean? In like the novella, it's... a couple of things that I found out about the novella right. is that um, that kid agrees to a transfer to not speak about right the, the cell block confession that he hears. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that was different... Uh, it just pushed it into yeah. a bit more of fantastical. Yeah, the fantastical realm. element that it sort of um, reminded me a bit of Forrest Gump, what, which is what kind did of they, that they murked sideburns. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I just I that that was the point where I thought like I could understand that the the um uh, the warden wants to keep Andy, you know, doing his thing and all of that sort of stuff. But the whole basically shooting him, you know. I see. I believe that that would happen. But I think from then on the movie becomes, um, I don't know. Do do you guys reckon the ending is earned that he manages to escape? He gets to Mexico, that Morgan Freeman is finally paroled, that they meet up, that it's this like beautiful thing. Does that feel earned to you? Does that feel kind of? I I, I was more, uh, uh, I didn't. Like it because he, uh, they make it clear during the film that he didn't commit the crime. Yeah, and he sort of it, it's it's said explicitly that he's like, you know what, I've I've actually earned this. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, but 
Yeah, I thought it was fine. I, I didn't understand. But does it feel like too much of a warm bath of an ending that, like, that's, that's the, the, the two that's of them the meet up? Yeah, yeah. But does it it's feel the, too much? Does it go down too far down well, that it road? Doesn't, but it also doesn't feel um, like that's the sort of stuff where uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that was all in someone's head, yeah. you know, at the end. Um, I almost kind of wish it was. Do you well, know what I mean? Like, But also he, he gets like 300-something grand. Yep. He has gotten to Mexico mm-hmm. and it's sort of that thing of like how long between him getting out and then Morgan Freeman's character getting out, mm. Red getting out, mm. and he's only just started fixing in. <laughs> so Siri's just interjected. Siri, Siri what, did you, what did you think? She said, also he's gotten to Mexico and ends how long between him getting out and then Morgan Freeman. She can't, she can't work out what the answer to Siri. That, your question is. But also it's just like. How long did it take you to find that boat? Like, you've got three hundred grand, and you only just you only just started fixing it. Like, surely you had more time. And is he wearing the same clothes, just sort of Robinson Crusoe torn down? Like he's wearing Robinson Crusoe. I don't know. Like um, it's Robinson Crusoe. It's not Crusoe. Oh, Crusoe. David Crusoe. (laughs) Hey, that'd be a better movie if it were David Crusoe. Prince said she came down to drink mojitas and catch some sun. Well, it looks like something caught her. Yeah, uh, no, I, the, all of that just seemed a bit yeah. fantastical to me. Like yeah. I was just that, like, oh, that doesn't, you know, and he's just walking up on the beach and is like, I found you, you know. Was, yeah, and, all and of that. I, look, do I find it touching? Of course I do. I, I think the, mm. um, the, the light the movie takes in male friendship. And I think that one of the overarching themes of this movie is Tim Robbins going from this guy who's unable to show emotion and show love for his wife and, like, reveal his feelings in in his court appearance to him being the guy who's able to, like, kind of put himself out there to Morgan Freeman and be like, will you run away with me, kind of? Mm, You know what I mean? Like, to be vulnerable... Um, and then invite him to reject him when he when he leaves prison, and then accept his love, and they you know they embrace at the end. They like run across the beach towards each other. I do I did find that really powerful, and I think that's probably why so many men like this movie is because it has all this like harsh window dressing around a really strong um, narrative of two guys that love each other, um, which think something that a lot of these kind of movies deal trade in but it does it really well mm-hmm. um i see what you mean about the ending because i think i feel the same way i think that yeah it's earned but, yeah but somehow tonally it's off yeah yeah, yeah. that's exactly how i feel mm. i just yeah i felt it's too idyllic too idyllic it's too much tone switches like oh and he's yeah. rich and he's and he's yeah. in mexico and he's dream and he's got his boat and everyone's back together again it's yeah. almost like yeah, it's just over-egged slightly. What did you, Kane, uh, like mm. uh, in in sort of, you know, a film that you said you you know the beats of pretty well? Yeah. Like, do you like this movie? Do you? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, um, <clears throat> I was trying to interrogate that as I was watching it because I, you know, I think I, I want to, I, I knee-jerk want to reject the feeling of being coddled by yeah. a movie mm-hmm. or or like kind of I I always have my um guard up about sort of being seduced 
by yeah absolutely a, a, yep. a movie it is I, very I don't seductive. I don't want to I don't want to let this you know like yeah. be be beholden I'd, to this sort yeah. of thing yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't like, know I'm cleverer than that yeah. like I'm like uh, yeah, yeah I'm exactly I the same I, I don't want to be made a fool of yeah um <laughs> but I mean that's I couldn't shake I mean you touched on it before like both of you the it's just such an enveloping movie yeah, you know yeah, what I mean yeah. like it is so absorbing yeah you know what mm. I mean it, it's it has such a sense of place. I mean, I guess, you know, it's hard not to, given that it's in one location yeah. for, for <laughs> the entire movie, pretty much. But I don't know. I, I think that they, whether or not it's accurate, they handled the, the sort of details of prison life really well. Mm. And I was also thematically kind of trying to be suspicious of it. Um, because, again, like, as you said, like, it's... Um, it's, for want of a better term, it's feel good. Mm. Bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and even though I was trying to be defensive, I I I just I couldn't help. But I think like it's because it, it yeah. front end loads all that horror, the mm. people being beaten to death, people being gang raped. Yeah. So that you feel better about enjoying the satisfying. It certainly calms down for like yeah. that middle hour. Yeah. Um. Apart from. You know, Andy being put in solitary. Yep. The the lead, um, uh, the lead, you know, uh, gang raper is like <laughs> I did not feel. You know, it's it's it, it's it's one of those movies where you sort of think like, oh, you you know, you want the bad the baddie to get his comeuppance. I'm like, I don't feel like someone being beaten to a point where they're paraplegic. Like I. Did not feel any sense of you know there was no there was no win there for anyone like yeah it was, but, no. but, but 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 it had like storytelling utility in 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 showing that that the that, guard that, well that that prison is crueler than it should be right. you know what I mean yeah. like uh, that any punishment is going to um, be twice that of yeah anything. of of the infraction or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else I was going to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, and again, what you guys said, like, like I think partly as well why it's so satisfying is, is the thing that people observed so much about Knives Out. You know what I mean? Like, it's just scratching this itch that I think grown ass people have of just like a competently made movie yeah. that's mm. that's like well written that has a sense of detail um Good pace. And, and you know it's never mean? boring i know yeah um, entirely yeah. absorbing but and and it's not boring and yet the the yeah the substance of the movie as i was saying is like just a series of vignettes it's a uh these smaller stories that link together that yeah give you detail yeah. specificity tell you something about prison life tell you something about relationships tell you something about what it means to have your freedom taken away from you and how you deal with that. Um, but I don't, but without I don't, sort of beating you over the head either. Yeah. But I, I, I think also, like, I don't think that you can call the vignette nature of it. You, I don't think you can criticise it for No, I'm that. not. I'm not. I'm saying yeah. I think it... Because it has... It, it, uh, presumably it takes place over about 30 years? Yeah, about 30 years, yeah. yeah. But I think that's why what makes it so rewatchable in... Um, in like a cable 
or a Channel 10 or whatever, mm. is that you can pick it up from mm. several spots. It's absolutely when you one find of those it on movies, TV. You just drop just in. Just drop in. Yep. And it's no, no, you're not missing anything. Yeah. Um, you can enjoy, probably enjoy it in a new way because you're focusing on different details. I think mm. this is also something that Scorsese gangster films have mm. as well. Very easy to drop in and out. Yeah. Well, I was thinking like when has voiceover worked and I think – and trying to work out whether does it work here because I'm always like in the way that you're resistant to being seduced by a film like duped. this or duped. Um, I'm like really resistant to movies with voiceover and the only, like Goodfellas is an example of a voiceover I think that actually manages to contribute. All my life narrative. I always wanted to be a gangster. Yeah, yeah, I think it contributes. Do you think the voiceover here contributes or detracts or can you imagine it without it or... <sighs> I uh, I think you're right in the sense that I'm um, because again it's you know and you hear a lot of um, a lot of writers will basically just say you know a voiceover is cheating or yeah. it's, it's it's sort of it is lazy. kind of received opinion I guess um, that's that's exactly what I was going to say yeah. like like we we are assailed with people saying that voiceover is always bad it's mm. always hack it's always lazy um, you know are, are we yeah maybe I am just. Totally buying into this I, I think received it, I th- wisdom. I think it would. I, I I think it it probably leaned a bit too much on it. Mm. Like I think there's there were certain scenes that could have you know, and you've got Morgan Freeman. Yeah, acting. I mean, it, like yeah. he he can do more with his face than a voiceover yeah. can. I, I do have one quibble with when you're sort of saying that it it doesn't. Um, uh, it's not overly explicit. I do. I did feel uh, Red's explanation of what uh, institutionalization was. See, I was. Uh, I, I was just so like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I mean. I know. I totally get yeah, that but, but, on but one level. But, but, but his audience are like not right. smart people. Yeah. I, mean, I think that, it's that's kind unfair, of a. But, but but they're not educated people. It's kind of a. And it's a subtle point. Like yeah. he's going. He's. I. I, I think that that. Reads to. I actually thought that was kind of a like a parable for the movie itself. It's like a plain spoken, not dumb, but plain spoken explanation of kind of a um, more advanced concept than maybe the audience is used to dealing with on a daily basis. Um, In one case, the prison inmates, and the other case, your average viewer. Um, It's kind of a high flown kind of a theme that's broken down in a way that's not alienating either audience. And I think okay. that's yeah. kind of how the movie's operating. I think it's kind of really sophisticated. The more and more I think about it, the more right. I'm like, it also, it just felt, it just, I, I guess when I was watching it, it just felt a little bit like patting, pat, well, patting me on the head, but I, I totally, guess you're, but you're I, right and I think, in the context of him explaining it to his not so yeah. clever friends. It, and also um, I think that is an, another point. Did you feel the same way about the, um, Morgan Freeman's kind of a historical seeming remark about homosexuality, um, where they're talking about the, the gang, the sisters who, mm-hmm. who are raping people, mm-hmm. um, and they get around to Tim Robbins's Andy Dufresne and, um, he says, Andy says to Red, uh, would it help if I tell them I'm not homosexual? Word gets around. Sisters have taken quite a liking to you. Don't suppose it would help any if I explain to them I'm not homosexual. Neither are they. They have to be human first. They don't qualify. Pull queers, take by force. It's all they want or understand. But if I were you, I'd grow eyes in the back of my head. Um, and... Red says, neither are they, you'd need a soul for that. Yeah. And they're they're using 
this as a weapon rather than a sexual expression. Mm-hmm. Um, do you did that? Did that feel a bit anachronistic to you guys? How I don't know. Like just the treatment of homosexuality in the forties, oh, like when, as a sexuality. Yeah. yeah. Like like implicit in that is is, is that, the idea that 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 there is a that there is a natural yeah that uh, it's a human it could be a hum, yeah, natural right. human instinct rather than um, a deviation of what is normal for a human being. I don't know. Well, it's also I a liked movie that, it, but yeah, then I was it's like, also, but it's also a movie that doesn't um, it doesn't feel like uh, race comes into it. At yeah, all. Like, exactly. There's no, there's you would have thought the uh, the n-word would have been you know used fairly liberally in a, mm-hmm. a, a film like this and um it doesn't really come up at all or yeah. the fact that these two guys are close friends and <sighs> it's just, just yeah. not at it doesn't even i mean it's 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 probably good it reminded me of or just just reminded me of um uh a tweet that Paul F. Tompkins did recently uh, just along the lines of like if you if somebody in a character doesn't smoke, you are never going to think to yourself that character ought to be smoking. You know what I mean? Mm. There's just talking about how smoking is just always like such a crutch in movies. Yeah, stuff. I'm just saying the 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 whole film. There nobody said the n word, and as you say, like could have very easily. Yeah, and I don't think watching it, you you think to yourself. And I, they really should have said the N word a lot more. No, no, I don't think that's not what the point is making. I think is more that is it believable that these um, that the fellowship between these people doesn't reflect the structural racism that exists outside the prison and presumably yeah. and would exist within the prison. Yeah. You know, you would assume there'd be your typical Aryan gangs. Mm. You know, I, I mean, I, maybe I, I don't. Know. I'm not sure whether that sort of shit would have settled in by the forties. I, I mean, again, like, like this. This is <laughs> you all mean supposition. When, when Nazi no, I, yeah. I was going to say when World War Two. No, I, I mean, I mean, like, like, kind of the the carceral kind of like caste system seems very like. I don't know. I I couldn't to speak to the carceral caste system. But also, but also, but, sort of circling back to. Um, uh, very you know, idealized. The, the, I guess, the, is the what group, I'm their, their group of folks that are not, um, you know, and again, I'm going to look his name, look up his but name, but William, you know, he's Sadler. a southerner. William Sadler, he's a southerner. He likes Hank Williams, all of that mm, sort of yeah. stuff. He could have very easily been, you know, the sure. guy who's, you know, throwing racial taunts at Red. But also, but, like, like the the movie doesn't want to be about that. No, so it's no, not. no, it <laughs> doesn't. I mean? No, and I think it's probably saying that. In some senses, prison is an equaliser as yeah. well because yeah. it t- I, removes. That was, these... I was going to, yeah, like basically everyone is on the find same playing field. What you've, yeah. But then, but are they? Is I guess the question: Is mm. it kind of an idealised? Well, Red's the guy. Red's the guy who race relations um, in America. <laughs> but Red is the guy that um, can get yeah. stuff into the prison. So yeah. you've got to, you know, you, you want to be on Red's good side. So yeah, yeah. Here's, here's the but thing: Is about the character that. of Red as a black man? Like, is it believable that he's like, mm. you know what I'm saying? Well, his, I mean, to me, the thing about, about like the lack of kind of like analysis of race is, mm. is that, uh, it, it gets ignored completely, as I said, because the film doesn't want to be like no. that. Like if, if there was kind of any sort of point or scene where the point of it was, uh, 
hey, look at me, and Andy Dufresne, friends with a black man, ain't that peachy? You know what I mean? Like, like all of a sudden, uh, be- because it's left completely off the table, if it were put on the table, um, then then it would be opened up to whether its analysis of race was good or bad or simple-minded or not. And but so, is it a dodge not to engage with it at all? I mean, how much shit do you want your movie to be about? You know what I mean? Like, But if you get, I don't know. I just think, I think it's a bit of a dodge to make it so idealized. And it, I think it speaks to the sort of magical tonality of the film in general, the wish fulfillment at the end that they're running away and they're rich and they're living in Mexico and all this stuff. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about race, like, yeah. like before we watched it, I asked you what you knew about yeah. it and you invoked that you thought that um, Morgan Freeman uh was a magical Negro trope. Yeah. And I kind of went, eh. Yeah. What, like, what do you think of that now? Yeah. I, if anything, Andy Dufresne's the magical one. He's the sprite. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it would have made more sense for them to switch places in, in a way because, um, yeah, he's definitely the, the... But he doesn't fit that archetype. No, no. No. Morgan Freeman's character of Red does not fit the magical Negro archetype. Except that he makes things happen kind of for Andy and he helps Andy acclimatise to prison life. And I think then Andy reciprocates by acclimatising him to life on the outside or putting in his mind that is becoming more institutionalised throughout the film that it is possible to escape those physical and mental shackles and and be free again um, that he may not have been able to do without his support, I guess. I think there is a reciprocity in the relationship that you wouldn't expect from the magical Negro trope. Like the magical Negro is purely there to help the white character. And you also wouldn't expect that, that trope to be invoked when the perspective we're being shown is through, you're seeing the film through his eyes. You're seeing Andy through his eyes. You he's the one guiding Mm -hmm. your understanding of the prison and of life. And so, yeah, he's definitely a more significant character. And a human one. And a human. He's humanized. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, to touch on the voiceover again, that's why I um, I didn't mind the voiceover because I think in the main, it's not, um, it's not there for exposition. Like, it is a little bit, but, but, but I think more it deals with Red's interiority mm. and his... Mm. And his um, h- how he feels about Andy, um, and so I think it has kind of a lyrical kind of um, element to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, I guess the, I mean, what's what's the test of, of of a of a voiceover? It's like if you can excise it completely, then would the film be better or would anything be lost? I think something would be lost by. You know what I mean? I would oh, agree. It's a good point. Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. Do you think that and, the, and and sure, it's a little corny, but 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 the yeah. movie's a little fucking it's, it's corny. corny. Yeah. It's a corny yeah. movie. Yeah. It's a corny movie. Yeah. Um, do you think that the treat? Do you think it's weird that the fact that these people are murderers is not really discussed or acknowledged in any way? They just seem like it's it's almost yeah. Like is that I the said, equalizing thing, though? Like the same thing again? Like they're all there for yeah, except shit. Except like, that, except for Tim Robbins, I guess. Who's I don't know. Is it is it kind of weird that they're all, like in apparently in the book, um, 
Greg killed his, uh, cut the brakes on his wife's car to collect insurance money. Right. And I'm like, that really doesn't gel with my understanding of, I mean, we don't really find out what the red in the film has done, but we know he's a killer. Mm. Um, I don't know. I feel like. But then he talks about, uh, was it towards the end when he was just like, that's not the person, you know, that yeah. I was 19 when I came in here and yeah. I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. It just know. seems like, but we don't really know what he did or how it came about that he took another person's life. Well, I mean, it's a very... It's not interested in why they're criminals or what they did. In, no, I in mean, a... I, I think that that's good. I mean, I, I think it's 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 kind of like, even if it's in simple terms, it's a very uh, humanist kind of movie. And I think that maybe as wishy-washy as it is, it takes a very... Wishy-washy a, it, is it, the word. It, but, it, but it, its attitude towards prison... Yes. Is it's anti-carceral, you know what I yeah. mean? As as kind of like a wishy-washy as that is, you know what I mean? It's not mm. um like I was the villain is not necessarily the warden or um his thug who's great. What's his name? Oh, he's yeah, I'll look yeah. him up. He's brilliant. I, I was I had Highlander on in the background. Yeah, he's... <laughs> I forgot that he was a Highlander. Um, such a Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown, he's so good. Such a yeah. um, what a face. Distinctive face. <clears throat> um, you know the the villain is uh, incarceration. You yeah. know what I mean? And 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 institutions as as you know. Um, where was I going with that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like like whether 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 they need to like make a bigger deal of. I, it just, I, yeah, it just I, again, I, it just feels like a cop out. I don't know. You're making a movie about prisoners, but you're not you're you not make, making them layered enough to deal with the fact that they've committed a crime, that they've taken a life. You're not interested in that part of them, but that actually would have made them more complex characters if think, we did. I think you reckon with it. You're making a film about how people are human and worthy of dignity, no matter what. Yeah. So talk about the shitty side of them as well, not just the lovable side, not the scampy side, the the sweet side, the yeah. the side that's able to connect with but, people. But, but it's also about like how within a prison system, like uh, it is it is a great leveler. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. that one's past is to a certain extent erased because everybody is um, on the same terms, no matter if you killed. Somebody, or you uh, stole a car, or a TV. In the case of sideburns, you know what I mean. <laughs> sideburns. <laughs> I wish he was called sideburns. What was that? Guy? That guy was definitely. He's been on TV. I, I reckon he's been he on Gil familiar. Bellows. Gil Bellows. So Tommy is that guy's name. Um. So have we got any uh sort of just general sort of notes about you know d- d- good things, bad things. Uh, things that stuck out to you uh, on this on this watching or they, first watching? Yeah, I think the like casting the you know could have been cast is interesting. So Tom Cruise turned down the Andy oh, Dufresne role. Good. Right. Can you imagine this movie with Tom Cruise? Like bizarre because he didn't want to work with like a first time director. I guess that was the issue. Frank Darabont. Yeah, yep. I feel like Tom Cruise comes up 
in every <laughs> It was like considered you know I mean? for absolutely is, everything is it, at this yeah, time. Is it, well, it was but, like your but, first well, choice for every, yeah. 1994, he was. But is it also like that, you know, he has been like the one of the most powerful actors in Hollywood for decades. Mm. And it's like at a certain point you see every fucking script, right? Like, yeah. And, 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 but I think and, he was the first choice for the role. Okay. Is the thing. Yeah, but I mean, but, but, but that he, he can be the first choice without the involvement of Tom Cruise. You know what I mean? That can yes. be Frank Darabont saying, geez, I really would like Tom yes. Cruise at this. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, and uh, then Kevin Costner and Tom Hanks. Who, I was about to say Hanksy. Yeah. Well, because he basically remade this movie. Yeah. Darabont made The Green Mile yeah. like five years later. Yeah. It's like, you know, another Stephen King. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I would have thought Hanks would be uh, would be. Fairly yeah, high but up he was there. too busy with Forrest Gump at the time. Oh, he was gumping. And and Costner was kind of in the quagmire of Waterworld at the time. Oh. Hanks yes. could have pulled it off. Hanks could have done it. Yeah. I think he would have been good. I do it though. I do. I. I liked him. I like looking at Tim Robbins' face, even though good face. I don't think he's he's a distinctive as strong person, isn't he? as Morgan Freeman is yeah. in this role. Kane, any sort of bits you know on the that really struck you on this watching, or well, kind of like to to continue what I was saying before, like like I I, I think what was interesting about it that I think helped it being so absorbing is that, as I said, like. Uh, the warden and uh, his jackbooted thug—they are not the enemy. They—they are—they're expressions of the enemy, and and the the true enemy is uh, systems of mm. power and power exerting itself over people, and the and the feel good element is is and the and the perhaps even magical element is that one can. Um, exert control over your surroundings and and your material circumstance, no no matter how oppressive it is. Yeah, and I and and I think that there's not like a lot of movies uh, that do that. You know what I mean? Like like even even if it is about like an institution. Um, I I, I think the thing that really struck me on this, and it's you know we we so often talk about. You know, that's such an 80s film. That's such a 70s film. Mm -hmm. This is a 90s film, yeah. like through and through. Yeah. It is, you know, Thomas Newman's soundtrack, you yeah. know, all of it, like everything about it was just like, this is such a 90s film. Yeah. And I, I just feel like that's not something we, maybe we're, you know, um, we're just getting to that point where we're far enough removed to be able to just, like, it was like, that was a period of, you know, yeah. cinema that, Things just were though. That's a a nineties film. Yep. Yeah, it was like a bit. Of, I kind of miss it, like what you were saying about Knives Out. It's like a movie for adults mm. that's well made with an when eye made, for quality. When they made movies for adults, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, uh, yeah. I'd but say that, that I'd say at that time. No, though. totally. Because I think, think Forrest Gump. I think Forrest Gump is like an amazing counterpoint to that. Like Forrest Gump is moved for fucking babies. It's infantile. And then you've got this movie, and yeah. that was the one that got the. Best picture and Plaudits, the plaudits and the yeah. acclaim, whereas this picture is kind of going for a very similar thing in my mind, in that, you know, it's metaphorical um, rather than allegorical. Triumph of the will, triumph, spirit. Yeah, triumph of yeah. human spirit. Um, the the character, the lead character, doesn't really make any sense as a person, but as a as a an idea, as an idea. It's kind of, a, yeah, and mean, there's he's, some he's magical elements to, to it, some degree. Yeah. and yeah. 
it, so you can do it really, really well in this case, or you can do it really fucking poorly in the case yeah. of Forrest Gump and and the fact that that was the tr- that was the one that the one is kind of emblematic of how master of nuance yeah. Robert Zemeckis yeah yeah <laughs> the fact that that was that Subtle came out on that came out Robert on top Zemeckis. was kind of like an illustrative of how in decline movies for adults were yeah yeah that the, 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 it was already on that slope yeah. for sure I mean, I mean, Shawshank Redemption has a far better legacy than Forrest Gump, yep. right? Totally. But I feel like, like in the wash, I think it feels pretty timeless. No, mm. yeah. Even, even if yeah. If oh, I wasn't. Involved... Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, no, it, it, it just more. Uh, it just uh, was definitely of its of its period. Like with yeah, the yeah. lineup or whatever. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And the themes and stuff. Yeah. Like you, you can be of the time and still be timeless, and that's probably mm. what you aim for with a movie like this um and i think yeah it's, i think it succeeds in that also if you'd like gotta say it's his first frank darabont's like he wrote it and directed it his first film Not didn't bad. stephen king sell him the rights for a dollar yeah really because mm. he was an up-and-comer and he yeah and he's to, done that a, he done few, that time. a few times and yeah, he said uh, he said people. that the this and stand by me are the fate like his favorite uh you know adaptations of things that Mm. And if you want to go back and hear Kane's thoughts on Stand By Me, I believe That's that was the one. first episode <laughs> one, where yeah. he absolutely one. shits on it. Would you say <laughs> yeah. this is a better adaptation? Well, I haven't read the source material. <laughs> I have, well, I mean, I didn't. I've never read Stand By Me as well. I've never read a single. They're both Stephen in. They're, book. they're in the same collection of stories, right? The Body and. What is it called? The Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it's yeah. called. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think that's probably a wrap on the Shawshank Redemption. Um, thanks, as always, to Jeremy Wartsman of the Jackie Winter Group for letting us use this wonderful recording space. You can listen to their podcast. It's called Jackie Winter Gives You the Business. We're on, uh, I think, mainly just Instagram and Twitter, so you can follow us along there. And, uh, and yeah, you know, leave us a review or something like that. Who knows? Who knows what you could do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, with all your time, with all your time. You're not in jail, so why wouldn't you just exactly. do a nice thing for someone? Exactly. No? Um, I've been Mike Cairns. Over there is Alex Lambchop Heath. See you later. And thank you, <laughs> Kane Daniel, for gracing <laughs> us with your lovely presence and your sonorous voice. You're very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Bye. If I didn't care More than words can say If I didn't care Would I feel this way If this isn't love Then why do I And what makes my head go round and round While my heart stands still If I didn't care Would it be the same? Would my head...